Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever it is you're listening from. My name is Bev Chahonyo, and this is Beverly Speaks. This is season three of this amazing podcast. And as you can see, we have grown and we've gone video. I got a lot of requests from a lot of you saying, you know, it would be easier, it would be better if I could do video. So here we go. Uh, we're starting fresh. Um, and it's been almost a year since I started this broadcast because my first episode was March 11th of 2020. I have my guest here, my beautiful sister, Christina Ford. I'm going to read her profile uh, and then we're going to go into just chatting. Um, Christina Ford is an actress, a writer, a motivational speaker, a youth educator, and an entrepreneur located in Los Angeles, California. Born and raised in the Washington, D.C. area, she always had a passion for entertainment and her faith in Christ at a young age. She went on to graduate with a Bachelor of Arts from Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, after graduating Spelman, she started her career in entertainment, working for MTV Networks in New York City, while also pursuing acting for Broadway, television, and film. Christina moved to L.A. in 2009 for her acting and producing career, working both in front and behind the camera. With a passion for fitness and her faith, she founded Fit for Life, Fit for Life, a faith-based fitness boot camp along, along with creator of Kings Meet Queens, which we are so going to talk about, a Christian singles ministry both to build up the, king, the kingdom. She enjoys mentoring, ministering, and motivating others, and all while enjoying her favorite foods and trying new adventures. Welcome, Christina, my sister from another Hi. mother. Yes. Hi, Bev. Oh my God. Hi. It's so good to finally get this going. Mm -hmm. We've had a few conversations. Um, we had the, so let me say first how we met. We met uh, through Black Christian Influencers, BCI, on Instagram. So we really have to thank Jackie for putting yeah, together yeah. that forum. Uh, all props to her. Uh, if you're an influencer, Christian, and you want to join, you know, just follow Black Christian Influ Influencers, BCI, see what we're about. And then, yeah. So, so we, we, we both joined the group and then I think earlier this year, somebody said, you know, there was a challenge that was posted, um, about collaborating. And I was like, yes, I want to collaborate. And a lot of people said that on the, on the, on the chat and then it kind of went silent. And then a few days later I picked it up. I was like, does anyone want to come on my podcast? And here you are. Here we are. <laughs> here we are. So, um, tell the people about uh the first time we spoke actually that was quite powerful oh my goodness Bev. i still i still my heart still beams from that conversation because that I was know. all god i promise you even just the timing of that conversation was so needed i think it was in the middle of the week and you and i got on the phone and it just turned into a prayer session slash um we found out so much that we had in common in life yes i just found such a friend and sister in you and you are just truly a gem and i just was so grateful to god that in that conversation i was able to develop a friendship with you and what's crazy and i'm not going to get too deep so fast but I just, gotta say, <laughs> just go go flow so <laughs> during that time i was fasting and i was just praying lord just send divine connections and then bam here you go 
you know, you just pop up and we have this amazing conversation, which now has developed into such a beautiful um, friendship. And now here we are on your podcast. So look at God. So uh, let me tell you, for me, it was, I did not expect it. And I think initially we kind of struggled to find the right time to speak. You're in LA, I'm in Rome. Um, we have a, I mean, it's 10 PM, your time, 10 30, it's 6 AM, my time, 6 30 AM, my time. So there's the time difference and just the busyness of life. Um, and I remember thinking, okay, how's this going to work? How's this going to work? And then there's always the nervousness that, you know, the, a bit of anxiety that you're kind of not going to click, you know, but we had had, we'd been chatting on, I think on WhatsApp for a bit and there was a bit of a chemistry. So I was, I was like, okay, it's now or never do or die. Let's do this. <laughs> um, and we got on the phone and I think we were on the phone for well over an hour, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah if I remember correctly, we were, we were on the phone for a good minute, you know, and it was, you know, just getting to know each other and then just finding out everything we had in common and then finding out, you know, some of the things that uh, we've experienced in the past that, you know, that we share that we're going to get into. So you said you didn't want to get into deep too quick. So let me ease you into it with, um, <laughs> Since you said that, let me ease us into this with uh, some questions, which I have right here. So, Christina, my darling sister, you're an actress, you're a coach, you're a motivator, you're a youth advocate, you're a matchmaker, you're a fitness guru. How do you find the time to do everything? <laughs> I know it sounds like a lot and I have a full-time job. <laughs> so, oh, and you have a full-time job. Yeah. Um, which is um, such a blessing during this time, right? Um, yes, it but is. But to do all those things, um, it definitely takes obedience. It takes discipline. Um, sometimes I don't have the time to do it all, to be honest. Like, I, I sometimes I just can't get to everything. And um, I think that's okay, because there's certain seasons where you're thriving and flourishing in certain areas of your passions. And some, you know, you pick back up when you can. Um, yeah. But I... I definitely try to make the time, whether it's a social media post on one of the platforms that I use for some of those things, or even if it's just checking in with um, with with one of the youth that I like to mentor. It could be just something simple as that, just to make sure that I'm tapped in. Um, and it doesn't have to be like I dedicate 10 hours a day, whatever, wherever that could ever work um, to each thing. It's just not realistic, but I think as long as you continue to have balance and not forget or let things lie dormant for too long i think that's like the best way that i can make sure i maintain all of those things okay i've found that sometimes it helps also to have schedule certain days for certain things mm -hmm. so like for me i'll dedicate um my weekends to the podcast um, I'll generally record on, you know, I, I'll try to record during the week sometimes, but that gets harder and harder with just life and mm -hmm. this season of the pandemic, it's just gotten so much harder. So, but I will generally post on Sunday mornings because I think it's a nice, encouraging message to listen to, uh, on a Sunday. A lot of people listen to podcasts, you know, on their downtime uh, on Sundays. But then there's other things that I'm trying to do. There's a project I'm working on with another sister of mine who's going to come on here one day, Kemi. And we do Tuesdays. Every other Tuesday, we have a, a, a Skype date um, in the evenings after work, like you said, because we still have our full-time jobs, which, again, mm -hmm. is such a blessing. 
so it's sometimes scheduling around that but then sometimes just life happens and you can't keep to those so i like that you know you you be intentional about whatever you want to do at that particular moment uh whatever the holy spirit prompts you be intentional in listening to that and just following through on that so pro tip right there people um <laughs> so what keeps you going what keeps you ticking you know um i will say just to piggyback off of that what keeps me going is like the obedience to do certain things like i yeah. would be lying if i said i can't wait to do x y and z it, it <laughs> i don't know i don't know if my mentally I, i'm mentally capable of like doing everything um mm -hmm. to keep going but honestly god is saying I'm giving you this assignment daughter to do and I'm like okay that's what's keeping me going I have work yeah. to do. Yeah. And you know my faith obviously is the things that are is the thing that propels that forward yeah. and um I couldn't I couldn't do any of that without my trust in the Lord and uh, my faith but also I think about um you know my future and what that could look like when it comes to my children or a family or something like that like I'm doing this now to create um to break generational curses first of all man girl preach yeah and to, to do this for my children like this yeah. is something that i wanted to create for my future um not just for me but for my family and so i think about those things and i'm like okay this isn't just about me this is never just about me it's about you know the future of of whatever my life entails so that's those are the things that keep me going so i know it's not if i'm ever having a what was me type of day or it's a tough day and i don't feel like doing anything i just have to think about you know okay no i gotta keep going pushing for for the future and sometimes it's just you know on those days when when you really just want to sit and have a pity party it's just doing that one thing it's not doing everything. It's not fulfilling purpose on that day. It's just doing that one thing, picking up your phone and sending that one text, um, you know, or, or, you know, that just that one thing to tick off of your list, because I'm sure there's a list somewhere that you're like, I need to do this and this and this. And sometimes it's just do the low hanging fruit. They'll give you motivation for the rest. And I heard somewhere this week that, um, when we are lazy, um, slothful, in, in the things that God has um, entrusted to us, that is the biggest sign of disobedience. Mm. So that 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 has motivated me to do a lot, like get up at five in the morning and be ready for this <laughs> a.m. broadcast. Because this five in the morning thing on a Sunday, I could I could I could be asleep, but here we are, and I'm so loving this. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I'm so Thanks. proud of you. you. So, um, of everything that you do, I know you're passionate about everything, but I, I am going to ask, which of all of these things that we've listed is your true passion? I think for me, um, because I have my hands in so many different things, um, they all kind of relate to one another in some form of capacity. And the passion for me really lies behind impacting the next generation. I yeah. love the youth. I love being able to see myself in these kids and to be able to say like, I was once you, like I was yeah. once in your shoes and I fully understand. And here's how I want to give you all the jewels and gems that I've learned in my life 
for you now because I learned yeah. so much later and I just want to impact the next generation and that's my passion that's my that's my um reason for being I feel like God has called me to really impact the youth um so yeah that's my passion okay um and uh so let's talk about purpose what do you believe you were put on this earth to do if there's one thing you must fulfill before leaving this earth what is it i know this is going to sound very very small but this is what i know that god has given me the gift to do and that is to encourage people and it might sound like well you know what is that doesn't seem like a big thing at all but for me i know from when i was younger when i was a, a young child i was always the one encouraging people that was just something that i was good at and i knew how to do it and i can, i'm still know that that's what i'm supposed to do um it could be the tiniest little thing from giving someone a compliment or just using my spiritual gifts of you know listening to the holy spirit and being able to um you know give a word to somebody it could be anything as big or small as that but i know that if i leave this earth and someone is encouraged by a word that i gave them i know i did what i'm supposed to do on this earth i'm grinning from ear to ear because i honestly you've never said that to me before but i see it i feel it in everything that you do in every conversation that we've had you are such a gentle spirit but you bring so much joy um and you're so concerned about people like you really do have compassion for people so you know what you're doing it if 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 you, the only person you ever did it was for me then know that you did your job so thank you Aww. for being such a ray of sunshine Thank you so much. That means so much. And I just wanted to share like really quickly that sometimes like people think that you like your purpose is to be on a big stage and to, you know, <laughs> impact thousands thousands of people, which is probably true for for some people, right? But for me, I feel like if I could just impact that one, like just one, my life would be made, you know, and God has created us to with so many gifts and so many talents and so many abilities. Like Bev, you you are like so multi-talented just from what I'm hearing when I hear from your story and I'm like just impacting that one like you did. You did a job well done. And I think that is that speaks volumes. Amen to that. You know we could go into that deep, but let's just keep going. Um, <laughs> Um so yeah we met you know not too long ago and we had the most divine connection how would you describe that connection and i think we've talked about it a little bit and the friendship that is growing out of it yeah i mean i think god connects he aligns he truly um creates relationships that are for the kingdom to build up the kingdom and I'm so blessed that we get to foster this relationship and to um just build off of similar experiences um and ones that um we can help others you know go through certain seasons of their life because we've been through them and um I think with you Bev I just see 
a sister, a confidant, a prayer warrior. You go and pray, girl. Um, I the first time I heard you pray, I was like, oh my gosh! I was literally no lie running around my apartment because you, you blessed my socks off, and Amen. I was in tears. So the the budding that I see from our friendship and sisterhood is is so beautiful and um like I'm like I'm one of those friends that you stuck with me so girl I have friends from when I was six years old we're good we are good (laughs) and I I just like that um God aligned our paths in the right season uh after we had been through very many similar um experiences having grown up on different continents and living currently on different continents thank god for technology but he aligned our seasons and our lives for such a time as this so while we encourage each other and and in doing whatever it is he has called us to do i i just pray actually my prayer for this relationship is that we will never go astray from his will that we will always seek his will with this friendship Uh, We will never go ahead of him. We will never lag behind him. And we will never go outside of the confines that he has set for us. That we will fulfill purpose with this friendship. Because I truly believe that every relationship has a purpose. Every relationship is... You don't just meet people to meet people. You meet people to impact people. And whether we like it or not, sometimes we impact people negatively. uh, Sometimes positively. So let's just keep going and keep dedicating it to him amen amen okay we have a lot of ground to cover so let's delve into one of the heaviest topics which is grief 2020 was a tough year for you uh you lost your mom uh how are you how is your heart Mm, i love that question that was good (laughs) Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Um, 2020 was a hard year for so many people um, with COVID and the losses of so many people. And, um, you know, I'm, my heart is healing. I can't say that I'm doing great and I'm okay. And I'm, I can't say that I'm in a sunken place either because I'm, I'm not, but I'm, I'm healing. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm still healing. And, um, (laughs) It's a process and a journey, but I'm getting through it. One day at a time. And I like to say, so for anybody who's encountering me for the first time, I lost my dad in 2018. So it's coming on three years. I I can't even believe that I can say that without (laughs) falling apart. But I think sometimes when we say one day at a time, it's too much to ask. So sometimes it's just one breath at a time. Sometimes it's just one moment at a time. Uh, And you will have those triggers. I'm not an expert on grief or on healing. I'm just telling my story the way I've uh, journeyed through this valley. Um, And you will have times when you remember them with fondness and joy. And then you will have times when a song or a smell or a sound triggers you. And what I would say to that is it's okay in those moments to stop and take a minute and engage fully in that moment intentionally in that experience, whether it's sitting down to have a cry or 
sitting down to have a laugh or looking at a picture or just sitting down to remember them. Um, and it's okay. And I'll say to you what I say to a lot of my friends, um, just generally, not, ju not just about grief, but if you're ever having one of those moments and you can't talk, but you need somebody to pray, send me a text saying SOS. I don't need to know what it's about. I will stop and I will pray for you. So sometimes you just need somebody to pray for you. How has that, um, what did grief do to you? Because grief, grief impacts you in such a way that you come out on the other side. I, I said, and I am publishing my book this year, um, <laughs> my journey through grief. Um, so grief leaves you, you come out on the other side, a different animal. You, you do come out a different beast. Um, either you come out and you are bitter you come out and you are better and willing to reach out and help other people through their season. Uh, you come out withdrawn or you come out and you are embracing life. So what has it done to you? I feel like I've been through all of those stages that you just mentioned. Um, I feel like over the last year, because it'll be a year, um, March 28th, uh, coming wow. out next month. Wow. So, um, Coming up on that year mark, I feel like I've I've withdrawn from a lot of things, um, people, my my passions, um, things that I used to enjoy, I could not get into, um, and I didn't understand why. And I was like, oh, I had to talk to a grief counselor, and they're like, oh, because that's grief. Girl, we're getting to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so, grieving for me. I've never experienced it on this level before. I've lost other loved ones, but this one hits different when it's a parent. And, um, you know, you definitely come out on the other side. Well, I guess there is no other side yet because you're still going through it. But um, I think right now I, I appreciate life. I want to do the things that make me happy. I don't want to um, live a life of complacency or comfortability or mediocrity um but i want to live for now like yeah. i want to i want to enjoy everything that i know i can enjoy and create start creating a life for the future now because life is but a vapor so why Ooh. not create that now yeah um you know and listen I might get real deep now, but I'm just saying when we are called home to be with our heavenly father and we are sitting up in our heavenly mansions that he has laid out for us, you know, it makes you think about our loved ones there and how they don't want to be back on this earth. They are living their best lives right now. And if, when I'm ready to be called home, um, you talking about like our purpose and passion and what we're called to do on here, here on this earth. It's like, you know, if we could just continue to just do the things that we are called to do, whether it be encouraging somebody, you doing your podcast and your book, that is, that is like God saying, well done. Yeah. And, um, just to know that you created something and that you did something and that you impacted people like I think coming out on that side after pain and hurt um, and loss, you know, that, that to me is, is victory. Even if it's just something small, 
that is victory. I mean, you've touched on so many things. I don't know which direction to go. (laughs) I think it's really important. And I think we don't say it enough. I think we don't uh, give people enough access. But I think it's extremely important to go through grief counseling. Because you are navigating something you have never navigated before. Even if you have experienced loss before, it was a different person. You were a different person. So for me, what really pushed me through that very, very dark season was being able to sit with my counselor and just say, I'm having a bad day. And him beginning to explain, like you said, I didn't understand why I was withdrawing. I literally built a cocoon around myself but even my family still says oh she's gone into her cocoon again i'm not as bad but i literally just wanted the world to stop and i didn't understand why the the sun was still shining and everyone was still laughing and the world was still spinning and my world had fallen apart mm-hmm. and you almost want people to be with you in that dark place but then you want them to treat you normal um and then you're so conflicted within yourself you're angry you're sad you're guilty about being alive being happy there's so much compounded in that and i don't think that enough people actually go to process it and and i'm not saying that everybody's gonna go to a grief counselor and it's gonna work for them i'm just saying that give it a chance and see whether or not it works for you uh And I almost want to say, and I think this is a reckless statement, actually, that nine times out of 10, it's going to work because I don't know that for a fact. But I do know that grief counseling works. I I would encourage anybody to to whether it's seeing a counselor one on one or to or joining a, a group. I don't know. I would just I and I pray that people have access to that. And this is one of the reasons why Beverly Speaks for me um, has reached out to so many people because I talked about, especially in my very early episodes, I talked about my journey um, and I talked about, you know, just the feeling, the different feelings. And people would reach out to me and say, that's exactly what I'm going through. Or I have a friend who just lost her son and I'm going to send her your podcast and the person would reach out to me. So it's, it's normalizing grieving. It's normalizing grief counseling. And then it's normalizing telling your story because you don't know who's, whose life you're touching and, and how you're impacting their lives. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Grief counseling is definitely something that um, I didn't appreciate until I went through a season and I, I didn't take advantage of it. And I know this might sound so strange and I don't, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but my only time of emoting and crying was with my grief counselor. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but like, is something wrong with me? Because I was not emoting and I wasn't like fully, fully letting it out on my own until I got with my grief counselor. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I, I feel so much better because I'm able to release that. And I, I don't know, it was just something that they were able to tap into that I wasn't able to do on my own that I was able to just fully let things release. I'll tell you what my experience was. Um, my grief counselor, and I'm, I'm blessed enough that I work at a place where they do have staff counselors. 
Uh, and he was amazing in just allowing me to slowly come out of this place I had built to protect my heart. Um, so I went from, you know, my father was sick for a, a few years and then we lost him and it was just such an intense time. And like me, I suspect you're a doer. So you go into action mode, what needs to be done, what needs to be checked, what needs to be, what do we need to finish and do, 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 do. And you go, go, go. You don't take care of yourself during that time. And I literally remember one day, a friend of mine taking away my, I had two phones, I taking away my two phones and locking me in the room and telling me you need to sleep. That's after she had literally spoon fed me in the middle of the day. Um, and that's after she had driven me to, to the mortuary, to the funeral home to see my father, because I hadn't seen him since, since he had passed. And I didn't want to go with my family. There was just so much going on. <laughs> and she took my phones away and she's like, when you're needed, I will come for you. And she locked me in my room. Uh, and I was out for like, I think it was three hours. And I did not realize Christina, I hadn't slept in days. I had not slept in days. So what my counselor allowed me to do was to just sit there and process. He did not tell me what I needed to do. He asked me questions that led me to talk about what I was going through. Uh, and in talking about it, it unleashed a floodgate. Mm. And I would sit there uh, at the cafeteria at the office and ball my eyes out and he'd be like do you want to you know or sometimes we'd have it in his office and he'd be like you know do you need to go home do you need to take time off and I'd be like no and I remember I know some people are gonna hear this and then be like really I remember how hard it was for me to even because he would be like you know just take a couple of days you need a couple of days and I'd be like no I don't want anybody to know that we're even having this conversation because it was a new job okay so let me go back so we buried my father on a on a Saturday, um, a week later, not even a week, the next Thursday, I had a job interview. And the Thursday after that, I started a new job. So this was, I was like, no, I don't want anybody to have this conversation with me about, you know, I'm going home because I need a, a, a mental health day, which is okay. And it's accepted in the organization. But in my mind, I'm new. I'm a consultant. We're not doing that. We are not doing that. And then I remember him telling me, do you realize that you have control issues? And I was like, yep. Yep. He's like, do you want to talk about that? I was like, listen, buddy, that's not why we came here. This is not why we're here. We're here to deal with grief. He's like, but you're even trying to control the grief. And I'm like, yep. So can we now move on and talk about the grief? But it has taught me to allow myself to be. Allow myself to let go slowly in my own ways allow myself to feel and allow myself to be to be taken care of by the people who love me so yeah but out of that journey okay before i before i even get to that question tell us about you know the journey leading up to losing her you were her primary caregiver you were with her uh, through it all and that takes a toll on you so how was that for you yeah um i i'll back it up so in 2019 um she retired and she moved to charleston south carolina um and bought her dream home and she moved down there um 
and she just was complaining that she wasn't feeling well and it was um I, I just I just was concerned I said mom you need to take yourself to the doctor you know like what's going on this isn't normal and June 1st 2019 she took herself to the emergency room and they said she had stage four ovarian cancer and they gave her emergency surgery they did that um I mean she had so many tumors I mean huge tumors that they removed um it was a, it was almost a miracle that she was able to like survive and 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 live through you know just having those tumors and um she went through rehab went through chemo and i'm i'm in la so i'm having to travel back and forth between la and uh charleston to take care of her make sure she's okay and luckily we had um you know my aunt her sister to help me you know go through all this but i am the primary caregiver so i'm having to like leave work and you know trying to uh balance all of this and uh there was a point where she was doing great and responding to the chemo and we thought we were on the up and up and we were excited and celebrating like the victory of her beating this um and unfortunately um they didn't schedule her doctor's appointment for three months after her last chemo which i thought was so strange and she started not to feel well again and she was like, I don't feel good. So going into 2020, she got diagnosed um, that the cancer had came back very, very aggressively and she didn't have much longer. Um, so we did everything. I mean, we took her to other cancer centers across the country to get second opinions and all of that. And um, there was nothing they could do. And so I'm, I'm literally trying to take care of her um, flyer back and forth, um, you know, get in-home care nurses, you know, to help because I can't be there every day. I'm trying to fly back and forth from the West Coast to the East Coast, which is not, you know, it's not a quick trip. It's six hours on the plane, you know. Um, so I was doing a lot. And then it got to the point where the doctor said, you know, she doesn't have much longer she has we don't know maybe a week or four weeks we don't know so I flew out there she went into hospice and was doing home hospice for a little bit and that became too much and we put her in a hospice facility and um you know was there was so blessed and grateful to be there in the last days of her life and um you know I was able to the Lord was able to give me dreams and prepare me to be honest with you or else <laughs> I don't know how I would have been able to process but the Lord gave me dreams um, showed me her mansion in heaven showed me um, that she would be okay um, and I didn't fully want to accept that but I knew that um, she was making her transition. And similar to you, I just got offered a full-time position um, at another, at a, the same company, but a different department. And I was supposed to start a new job. <laughs> um, and so I went into right after her passing, starting this brand new position. And it's been a whirlwind ever since, um, trying to get through this plus COVID, you know, and being in COVID, I couldn't give her the homegoing that she, you know, proper homegoing. Um, so all of those things um, 
was probably the most traumatic um, thing I've ever had to deal with. And for that, I'm, I'm grateful to God because I don't know what I would have done without him. I truly have been shown the strength of the Lord, strength of the Lord um, through this season. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm getting through it, like you said, breath by breath. Yeah. Breath by breath. And, yes. Um, for anyone who's experienced it like you and I, you know, I'm sure they've gone through um, scenarios and situations and feeling overwhelmed and, and dealing with grief in ways that um, are debilitating and crippling. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're just grateful to God that he can continue to hold you. Yeah. And keep you. Yeah. Yeah, you have taken me back to like a season. I call it um a season of firsts, and you hate that season. You know, the first birthday without them. You're coming up on you know one year, the first Christmas, the first time you pick up the phone and you realize you can't call them. Yes. And through it, I will say this. Now I can recognize still how blessed I was because I had such a strong support system. Uh, we did not go through it through COVID. There were other challenges, don't get me wrong, but I, I had and still have such a strong support system. My church came out and just like they literally kicked us out of the kitchen and they're like you know the ladies were like we're, we're doing the cooking during the day to take care of the family um my mom's church i mean just just such family and then you find that sometimes the people you would have known you would have bet your life that they would have ridden through this storm through hell with you and they're like i'm not even gonna go there because that's a whole other podcast oh, yeah. and then you <laughs> another time yeah and you and and you have to go through that um and then you have questions of yourself could i have done this differently um could i have been there for them more did i say everything i needed to say um am i living the best life that they would have expected me to live then you go through anger so whew. what's the hardest part about grieving for you you have me crying <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to hold it in really i know i know issue over here just girl here. i have a pack i'm ready <laughs> oh the hardest part about grieving um to be honest with you is sometimes people don't want to talk about it yeah they feel like it's the elephant in the room. They feel like it might bring up things in you and it might make you upset. For me, like being isolated can, is probably a blessing and a curse, to be honest with you, because, yeah. um, you know, I'm working from home. I don't really see anyone. And I probably needed that um, yeah. the past year just to kind of just be still and not so much energy around and being at work and people acting like there's that you know the world's happening all around you and but your world is stopped you know so i'm grateful that i actually had just my alone time but also you're sitting here in the four walls of your apartment wondering they start shrinking and closing in on you 
Yes. And so honestly, being being in COVID and grieving has been a struggle because I I don't know. I can't busy myself like I normally could or I couldn't see my friends from church or be around them or, or anything like that. And I think when people don't, although they might think they're doing you a favor, um, for me, what's helpful is when people ask about her or... Yeah. You know, and like she's, I don't want them to think that she's never, she doesn't exist or she didn't exist. Like she's very much still present. And yeah. um, that's been the hardest part is like not being able to have those conversations about her that, um, you know, I wish I could have. Yeah. Yeah. It's the hardest part for me. Grief is a very uncomfortable topic for the world. Because sometimes even when you've been through it, you're like, should I reach out? Should I not? Then you don't want to project your experiences and your feelings. So you're like, okay, let me let me do things the proper way. There is nothing proper about grief. It is ugly. Let's just get that out there. It's going to get ugly. Um, and I say in one of the chapters of my book that, um, that I appreciate the people who were willing to push past this thick wall of grief this thick wall of darkness and come into my valley and sit with me there sometimes it's not about saying the right thing sometimes it's just about your presence being there you know i'm thinking about you how is your heart i don't ask how are you doing because on any given day that could be like yeah yeah so for me, it's how is your heart today? Just today, how is your heart? You know, um, is there anything I can do? Or I'm praying for you. Or a memory. If you have memories with this person, um, you know, I thought about this today and I know that it's hard for you. So I'm praying for you or I'm thinking about you. And it's those little things. And then for those who you have a closer relationship with, it's pushing further and saying, no, really, how is your heart? Really, how are you? Really, how are you doing? How are you processing, you know? So yeah, it's it's a journey. And um... <sighs> did you have a question, God? You know, I I didn't only because he prepared me. Um, he showed me um, beforehand, and I had to have peace with that. And I yeah. couldn't question him after what he showed me. Um, I had a lot of questions about like maybe why now or why um, why did it have to be you know the way that it did like why did it have to be then why did it have to be right when she retired like I asked those questions but I didn't question why God took her from me um, which is bizarre but um, I, I still wonder like well wh- why do you have to do it then you know, like, why couldn't it be later? Why couldn't it be after I had children? Why couldn't it be after I got married? Why couldn't it be after Girl. that you want to enjoy with your mom, you know, or your parent? It, it's it's just like, why then? You know, because yeah. uh, yeah. we know it's coming. Like, it's inevitable. Our, our parents are going to transition. But why then? You know, um, and so those are the questions that I that I had. But I didn't question God 
in in the sense of um, you know my faith or or why did he do this to her? It was just it's just more of a question of the timing. Mm, mm. Yeah. I, I, my experience was slightly different. I, I think I did question him, um, but it, it was, it's almost like an oxymoron. I did question him, but I knew that the only thing that was keeping me going and that would get me through was him. So I had a season where I was like, we're not talking right now. Let me just stay in my corner and mope a little bit, a lot bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had those questions. And I think also, when if we're normalizing talking about grief, it's okay for a Christian to ask God questions. It's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I think a lot of times the church expects you to just... It is well. No, it's not well. Let's just hold up, hold up. It's not well. It's not well right now. It may be well in the future. I don't know what that looks like, but I just don't come at me with those Christianis, Chris, Christianese, Christianese, you know. And 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 even while saying that, I will say this: it's not ill-intentioned, and I recognize that. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to be intentional in everything that we're doing. So. Yeah, I did question him. I still sometimes do. I still sometimes have conversations. I went through a season when there was no conversations and he was just there holding me. Um, and then I went through and, and I still have triggers as well. Um, I think last week, last week was a tough week for me. Um, I came across, uh, you know, one of those Facebook memories and I didn't realize it was a video. memories. <laughs> It was a video and it had my nephews and my nieces. And then he was in like three of those pictures and I Mm. just was not ready. I wasn't ready, you know, and I kind of just, it threw me for a loop. And I was like, this feels like day one again, you know? And then like you, it's like, you know, why didn't you wait to walk me down, down the aisle to see my kids? And I do remember telling him when he was in the hospital, you know, you can't, it's not yet time. You haven't held my children, you know? So then there's okay god so you take over you take over because right now i have nothing i have nothing left it has to be you taking over so god and i are in a good place now but i think it has to be okay for um anybody and especially christians to have a conversation and say god i don't understand and i'm not okay and i'm not okay with how it happened but you are still god amen yeah yeah. Amen. And you know, I I throughout this year after losing her, um, I I went through. I'm still going through a season of like, like it's hard for me to pray, Lord. Like I yeah. I'm trying to find my groove again because I was believing for her healing or something. Right, and girl. <laughs> so when people ask me what can I pray for, I'm like I don't know because like I for so long my my belief in my prayer was for her healing. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what I need prayer for anymore. And so that was always the struggle. It's still a struggle of what when people say, well, how can I pray for you? I'm like, I don't know. And I don't even know how to pray for myself sometimes because that's really the, the focal point of my prayer life for so long. Yeah, um, yeah. So that thing is taken away and there's this void and then there's a, a bit of silence and God still speaks in different ways, but it's not audibly audibly you and him having a conversation about it and kind of hashing it out. So you're like, I don't know what to do with this void and this space and this hole. Uh, what I found helped was anytime somebody 
well after a while not immediately but after a while when i would get a chance to pray for somebody else mm-hmm. that's how i started praying again and then how i process things a lot of times i journal so i started journaling and that's what turned into this book that's coming i think i think in by august i'll be it'll be out 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 so um it's called hugs from the father so it's it's incidents where i saw my dad like his hand in a lot of things that i was going through even after he he was you know not here after he had gained his angel wings and knowing that god had stepped in and said i was always your father and i got you you know so it's through that journaling that i was able to really be raw about everything that i was going through and then turn it around into a positive so find what works for you and don't feel pressure and don't feel guilty about not being able to pray yeah i i i had to come to that um conclusion that you know this is just a season and you know you especially like when we got on the phone and we prayed together like Yeah. You know, it's it's definitely there. It's just, you know, sometimes it's just not where it used to be and I just know that it's it's grief. Um and uh we'll get we'll get back we'll get back to the way it was before. Or you'll get it's to a different better. place. Yes, you'll get to a different <laughs> place because you've grown through it and you come to understand him differently through it and your relationship matures. So one breath at a time. One breath at a time. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're not even halfway through the questions, but we're just going to keep going. Um <laughs> Uh I think we've talked about the next question. I was going to say while being well-intentioned, sometimes the advice we get from people isn't the best. Okay, so what's the one thing you would advise people to not do with somebody who's grieving? Ooh, to not do. Um I think you hit it when you say when they say, "Well, how are you?" <laughs> I'm like I'm, I'm I'm not doing good. Like I I don't know if they're expecting for me to divulge my all of my emotions at that very moment. Um which I it's not an ill intent thing. It's it's not anything that's uh, that comes from a bad place. It's just like how are you? It's just I mean, we in a month how am I? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's the, it's I'm not great. Um, right <laughs> to be you know and so or it's um it just takes time yeah yeah um and i'm like time know, heals all wounds well 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 <laughs> i think time <clears throat> equips you with the tools to move on knowing that things will never be the same again it gives you the luxury of being able to look back and remember them fondly and not melt into a bowl of spaghetti every time you think about them um healing is a very different thing to different people so i don't know about time heals all wounds i just know that time helps you to cope better over time that's good yeah yeah Um, and one one last one that I remember. Uh-huh. Um be strong. No, don't be strong. <laughs> Girl cry, be a mess. Break mean? down. I'm trying to think 
my one foot up off the floor and put one of them in front of the other to get out right, of the Right, right, right. As strong as I can be right now, you know? So that be strong, it's, it, it for some reason, it, it gets under my skin. I don't know why, but I'm doing the best that I can. I am being strong. But For I also was, need allowed to feel weak and you and do need to be that. allowed. Yes, yes, because you just lost a part of your heart, and it's that simple. Mm-hmm. For me, it was um, call me if you need me. What? <laughs> when? <laughs> okay, yeah. you wait for that call. The call probably never came. And again, I know it wasn't ill-intentioned but we must be intentional with how we deal if this was a four-year-old child would we tell them call me if you need me because at that point at some point your mind is not functioning like a well seasoned well adjusted adult it's not so call me if you need me um okay i will sit here and try and remember to breathe i will sit here and try and remember to to be there for the people who are who are going through this with me or and who love me i will sit here and try and not get angry at certain situations and things as because i think death brings out the worst in in us you know i will sit here and try and not cuss you out i will sit here and try and not question god i will not sit here and try and remember to call you because that makes it about you and in this season i need it to be about me and i know that sounds selfish but that's what i need to be able to get through it yeah you know that's that's so, so key. I, I i i can't deal with that either i'm like i can barely call you know myself i can barely <laughs> remember where my phone is yeah and it's so i that that's true and the other thing too is that you know i get it that people have lost you know cousins sisters other family members who are so near even parents even parents but you know when it's like trying to put on their put their losses into your loss it's it just it's hard enough just to listen to someone else's grief let alone deal with your own and so like trying to put on how you deal with your own grief is it's it's tough it's yeah tough yeah. And everybody handles it so differently. So you got to be very tender with everyone, you yeah. know? Yes. It's a tough journey. It is. And and I think with in hindsight, um, I wish I could say that, you know, I would have wanted to be more <clears throat> intentional and kinder. Because I think sometimes it just brought out the ugly in me. Uh, and I was not necessarily the nicest person. Um I wish I could say that I would have wanted to, but at the same time, I can't apologize for, I did not, it was a first for me. I did not know how, when, why, what, if, who, I just, there's just so many dynamics. So while I can sit here and say, I I, I do want to apologize for anybody who may have been hurt through my grief journey, excuse me, I will not apologize for grieving. The only way I knew how to grieve. Yeah. So maybe some words and actions could have been taken back or done differently. Um, but that's all I got right now. Forgive me for being ugly in an ugly season. Uh, love me through the ugly season. And I pray that I can do the same to some for someone else. Mm-hmm. 
And for anybody who feels that way, I'm very open to having a conversation about it. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. Uh, if your mother were here, what's the one thing you'd want to tell her? If my mom were here, I would tell her that I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I, I'm okay. I, I, that to give her the confidence to know that she raised a great daughter and that, um, like, oh gosh, we start crying now. I know. I know. I'm trying not even, not to even look at the screen. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to cry. This is a safe space. Thank you. Um, but that, um, that she raised a great daughter and that, um, she did a job well done as a mom and and then I'm okay yeah you are yeah <sighs> we get some tissue <laughs> I had it ready because I knew <laughs> yeah yeah um she did raise an amazing amazing human being um and while you are may not be all the way okay in in being healed or whole you're doing the best you can and i think she'd be proud of you i do i truly do i think so too you know and i give her credit you know she did a great she would she would love knowing that she did a great job as a mom yeah, yeah she did she did and she would love that yeah and i think their biggest worry and this is you know when somebody has been ill and they have had time to think about what's coming and they know i think they always know i think my dad knew girl i think their biggest worry is always us who they're leaving like yeah. are they going to be okay so I, I like that I'm okay I'm okay is a good one <laughs> I, don't feel... I don't feel okay but I'm, I'm essentially okay <laughs> yeah yeah you know Ooh. Yeah. is this what we're doing <laughs> yeah man look what you got us doing <laughs> oh god okay yeah I mean, if I think about the same question, I, do, I don't think I could have a different answer. I don't think I could have a different answer. I think I'm okay is, is the perfect answer. <laughs> okay. <Woo. sighs> so here comes the happy side of your story. And we're now on minute 58 and we're still going. So <laughs> um, your story comes with a wonderful um wonderful wonderful story of healing uh you met your significant other now your fiance in this oh, season we're not fian no we're not engaged yet but okay okay so th that's me just speaking okay. into it that's well, me it's just happening. It's, it's happening yeah so your significant other so tell us about that story i mean so you're grieving and then go <laughs> it's it's amazing how god connects because when i um before she passed away, I want to say, well, I'll tell you, it's February 17th is when we connected. Um, my significant other and I, um, his name yeah. is Justin, putting him out there. Hey, 
I'm traveling for this wedding. This is me just speaking. Okay, I'm done. I'm extra like that. <laughs> but we connected on a dating app. On I a dating app. And we're going to talk about that. Which I was so not about it. But we connected on this dating app. And um, we just talked over the phone. Because I had to keep canceling dates that he was trying to set. Because I had to go back and forth to take care of my mom. Right. And... Um, and so we were just talking on the phone, FaceTiming, everything. And I got a chance to tell my mom about him before she passed away. And she said, oh, wow. she said, and I showed it, showed her his picture, everything. She said, um, he sounds like a keeper. Oh, and, um, I, that's all I could ever ask for is like her. Yep. Approval. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very like, you know, you know, you know how moms are. They're just very particular about who their daughter is dating. Yeah. And I didn't date many people. So, uh, you know, that was a big deal for her to say. Yeah. Um, and after um, she passed away, I came back to California and um, we finally got a chance to meet after a month and a half of just talking on the phone. Actually, almost two months of just talking on the phone and virtually connecting. And um we are just literally a perfect it feels like a perfect match and i mean now we're in pre-engagement premarital counseling and looking to get married next year and i couldn't have asked for a better person to fully understand what i'm going what i was going through at that time um by trade he's a school psychologist so he works with oh wow so he was able to deal with my stuff better than any person I could have ever asked for to help yeah. with my stuff during yeah. grieving, just dealing with all of that. He was just, he's just been such a solid rock. Um, and I couldn't have prayed anything more than what I got from God with Justin. Um, literally to a T, I mean, I was looking through old journals <laughs> and I found prayers from years ago, five, six years ago about oh, wow. what I wanted in a husband and he literally fits it down to a T. Um mm-hmm. and I'm just like when they talk about write your list and I was like I'm over the list but I still I still Girl, I'm still over and, that list. <laughs> I still pray to believe God for those things and yeah I got him during a time when I it was one of the most darkest times in my life. Here comes like the man of my dreams and um I found him in a way that I didn't even expect to find someone on a dating app. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, he's actually, we he lives in San Diego. I'm in LA, so we're about two hours apart. Um, so we're not even in the same city, but we managed to see each other um, whenever we can um, with balance of work and everything. Yeah. And um, we are, that's my soulmate. That's my person. Oh, I'm not going to hint, but I am going to say that Italy has some really beautiful destination wedding spots. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. And yeah, that's all I'm saying for now. Amazing. I will, I will not be... Uh, I will not be upset at that. Can we make that happen? I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there, Justin. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, when, when we were talking and, and you told me about that, I was like, oh, my God, this is a story that somebody else needs to hear. Um, and then I told you I tried some dating apps 
oh my goodness i just don't know like since we spoke i deleted that one because <laughs> was not working for me and i was like like five of them multiple times i was like you know what god is not short of um matchmaking ideas so let's just let's just chill but i do want to talk about and i i realize i'm looking at the clock and i'm just like i don't know why it shocks me every single time that i can talk for an hour and more but i am shocked that this is where we are um Let's talk about dating apps. Do you recommend them or not? Well, I can't I can't like knock a dating app now that I found mine. Yeah, well, now. <laughs> so I don't knock them. I don't okay. knock them. I think okay. that I know many people that have um found love and have gotten married off of dating apps. Um and I think you just have to date with discernment. Mind you, I've tried these dating apps in the years prior. Um, but God said, no, don't use those. And I went on ahead and used them anyway. And I ended up with a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Like, <laughs> I had no business even like, you know, connecting with on the apps. And so I just had to be obedient and like, let those things go. Right. But there was a time when that, re- then that resurgence happened where I got back on the dating app. And, um, you know, thank God. Um, it was a time when I... <laughs> <laughs> when I found the person, um, yeah. so I do, I do say that you can, you can use those, just use discernment because, you know, not everybody on there is looking for the same things as you and, you know, you're a, a precious jewel Ooh, and, girl. you know, you deserve the very best, but <laughs> a lot of those men on there, you know, are just, are just not the quality that I think a lot of women who um, are looking for a husband deserve. So I think it's just about, you can use them, but just use them with discernment and, you know, create your profile that really makes you stand out to be like the woman of God that you are. So you eliminate all that riffraff, you know? So, you know. I might come to you with that have you create me a profile because I'm just so done. I'm like, what part of, wait, oh, did you read my profile or somebody else? Wait, wait, you know what? I'm just going to go back to work. Like, <laughs> this is this is easier, you know, at some level. But when you say uh, date with discernment, what does discernment look like? Discernment looks like, you know, if you're on a dating app here or anywhere, it's just a matter of, of letting the Holy Spirit say, is this person like a, a good person, first of all? And, you know, just to find out what their relationship is with the Lord. What are what are their hobbies? What are their activities? What are they doing things that are in alignment with you and what your purpose is? You know, um, are there red flags that you notice immediately? Cut that thing off and don't entertain it. Mm. Um, and... I, I'm actually putting a book out as well. And Yay! Yeah, it's a, it's a work in progress, but one of the chapters is called Don't Entertain What You Don't Want. And it's like a lot of times with these dating apps or whatever that might you might be, however you're dating, you can be entertaining people just to fill the time. And yeah. if, you, if there are people that you don't want, don't put it in your life. Eliminate it. It's just wasted time that you could be investing in yourself 
and focusing on the things that God is calling you to versus entertaining somebody who's just filling in, you know, minutes of your day. And that's not going to be there for your future. So don't entertain what you don't want. And if you see a red flag, move on. Like that's God sending you and showing you here. I'm showing you this is a no. Swipe left, you know? Right. (laughs) Um, So I think dating with discernment is really like being in tune with the Holy Spirit and you'll know immediately. I mean, you should know within a minute or, or, or two whether somebody is for you or not. If it's on a dating app or if it's in person, you'll be able to understand who's for you or yeah. who's just a counterfeit. And yeah. sometimes yeah. those counterfeits can be tricky. Ooh. But um, yeah. They're but well seasoned. They, 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 they have rehearsed. They are good. They, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been there with those and it's no joke, but you know, that's why having discernment is so important when dating yeah. is, they could be the sound like the greatest person on the, in the world, but may not be for you. So, and with that, let me just put a caveat and say on the flip side, there are some genuinely good people out there. I haven't found one yet, but yet. But there are, so it's not us, we're not sitting here knocking dating apps and we're not sitting here knocking every uh, male that's out there on a dating app or female, you know, yeah. just date with discernment. I like that. That goes that. for the I men like too. That. that goes for yes. men, you know, dating with discernment when it comes to women. It's 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 both sides. And I, I you know, I, I got to say like, you know, I met an amazing man. The, the man of my dreams and my prayers, I should say, on a dating app. So I know that there's good men out there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of of God connecting you. Yeah. So. Girl, you know my prayer there. So tell us with <laughs> <laughs> tell us about um, Kings meets Queens. Um, how did it start? How did it evolve? What's your success rate? Where are you in this amazing uh, vision? project thank you kings meet queens um was actually birthed out of not wanting to be on a dating app so i'll just start there um (laughs) queens was is something that um the lord gave me because of the question that a lot of my girlfriends and i were having is where do we meet christian men aside from church and dating in the church is a bit taboo or it can be uncomfortable it can be strange it can be um something that you know well do i keep going to the same church if i start dating someone and it doesn't work out how does this all work and right so i wanted to create something that was um bringing intentional men and women of god together mm-hmm. um in a safe neutral place um to connect and i found that a lot of men and women um, were finding that they weren't comfortable on dating apps or they were um, or dating sites rather also or even just approaching someone in church it was very hard so I wanted to create an environment where it was fun it was inviting and also intentional so the men would have to if they liked if they liked another woman through the process of the evening um, that they could give them a crown and with Aww. that, whatever they want, they can exchange phone numbers, they can follow each other on social media, whatever that looks like to show interest, and they they can take it from there. And the the basis and the goal of Kings Meet Queens is to connect like-minded 
um, men and women of God together who are intentional about meeting their spouse. And um, now that we've been in COVID, you know, we're we're leaning on more virtual events. Yes, Um, I've been waiting for you to say that. Yes, more virtual events. But the, the caveat and the thing that makes Kings Meet Queens different is that I make sure that it's an equal amount of men and women. Oh, we know that crazy. men that women outnumber men. So usually in a room, you have all of these women eyeing this like these two guys, you know, and <laughs> guys feel so bad for them, you know. Um, but I want to make sure that there's an equal amount so everyone has an opportunity to meet someone and okay. no one feels left out. And okay. so virtually uh, making those things happen, whether it be on Clubhouse, whether it be on Zoom, whether whatever um, platforms virtually we can make those things happen, we're working to get those things up and running soon. Well, the good thing with that is because initially you were limited, well, you were limiting it to um, the LA area, I think. Is that what you were doing? Well, now you can go international, Italy. And (laughs) everyone would be very happy. I'm just putting it out there for anybody who might be living in Italy and intentional about dating and getting married. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely no nation uh, worldwide. We've gotten requests in Nigeria, London, Atlanta, New York, Chicago, DC. I mean, all over the globe, people have requested this event to come. And um, now, I mean, now it's like logistically making that happen because of COVID and everything. But we um, definitely want to do things virtually to kick those things off first. Okay. Well, we'll be waiting and we will have another chat about this. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Why is it so important to date someone whose values align to yours? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have to be equally yoked. I mean, I think that that's biblical and to be in, intentional about meeting someone who has the same morals, values, um, spiritual beliefs, and um, wants to flourish and thrive in a kingdom-based, kingdom-centered relationship and marriage. And so, um, you know, you gotta you gotta be on the same page in that in that vein, mentally, physically, spiritually, and um, and be emotionally healthy and ready also. Right. Um, but morally and having the same values, how you were brought up and how you're raised mm-hmm. is paramount when it comes to is this somebody who you want to raise children with um, and to to create a legacy with. And mm-hmm. so it's definitely more most important to have those same values and morals and ideals and especially spiritually um, be aligned and connected and be equally yoked for sure. Okay. All righty. I like that. I like that. Okay. So now let's talk about physical health mm-hmm. and let's talk about your boot camp. So we're going to touch. I think now we've touched on almost everything you're doing. <laughs> How did you get started in that? Yes. So I've always been an athlete. I've, I've loved sports since I was a little girl. Um, it's just something I love team sports. And I started, um, I've always taken my health and fitness very seriously. And I started working out um, and posting videos on social media. And friends would be like, can I work out with you? I want to work out with you. And I'm like, okay, come work out with me. And mm-hmm. I was starting to train people one-on-one. And they're like, you should, can I invite such and such to come? And I'm like, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. And and then it kind of grew. And then I just said, let's just do this boot camp and let's just get people together 
Um, and then I started, naturally, I just started like speaking a word and giving someone encouragement. And it became like that was part of this boot camp. It's not just physical, but it's also spiritual. It's also encouraging and motivating. And that's all um, the the mental, the emotional, and physical all aligned. I mean, right. they all connect. And if you're not right up here, you're not right in your whole body. Mm-hmm. And so um, I wanted to create that and push people to their limits, um, and but also meet people where they are at the same time and encourage yeah. them and um, create relationships and friendships with people um, that will help help just keep them going, you know, keep them motivated. And if it's doing one thing of exercise a day, whether it's, you know, f- for five minutes, mm-hmm. that is a big goal for somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for somebody who might be struggling or somebody who's excelling and is a great athlete, how can I push this person to um, go even harder and, and reach goals that they haven't been able to reach yet? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's also does the same thing for me. So it's it's a two-way street and I learned so much from from doing it and um it's it's just so rewarding and uh i love it i love it (laughs) so what's your one um wait um how hard is it for someone to go through the boot camp and how is it different from other weight loss programs yeah i think um so if how difficult it really depends on your level. And so I always ask prior to starting, you know, if there's any injuries or if there's anybody who's, you know, on a scale where, let me know in real, realistically where you're at so I can meet you there. I okay. don't want you to have to compare yourself to anyone else who might be a 10 and you're a four. So you will get through it. You will get through the workout. You will get through it. And that is victory. And I encourage people that, um, if you just did half of the workout, you did it. You you at least pushed yourself to get through half because okay. it's more than what you did when you before you got here. Right. Um, but when people finish it and people um, come back the next week and see the results, that's when you just see um, the fruit out of the things that they they really are planting when they come. And that's that's like so beautiful. Um, and what makes it different is I incorporate encouragement and faith. Um, and whether they like it or whether they know they're getting it or not, they're getting it. And <laughs> I don't force it on anyone. But when we're stretching or when we're doing something that's really hard, um, I encourage people to think about the thing in their life that they want to get to. Um, a goal that they want to attain if there's an issue push through it you know and use your physical body to push through whatever that that issue is and mm-hmm. we end in a prayer we end in a word we end um you know closing out our physical exertion with a peace of mind so you can move on with your day and feel like you really accomplished something and you I have something that. to take on with your week so i love that yeah, that's the difference with it. And I'm I'm excited to see uh, people's lives changing because of it. Okay. Um, what's the best advice you would give to somebody who's struggling? Um, struggling with their physical fitness? Yes. Okay. Um, I would say um, it starts in the mind. So if you're if you feel like you're struggling physically, you have to continue to give yourself the encouragement that you can do it. 
And even if you start small, you start it. Mm. Um, mm. And baby steps are big steps. So nothing oh, is. Oh, I love that. So if you if you could only walk like a mile, okay, I'm just gonna say a mile. Mm-hmm. If you could only walk a mile in the first uh, two months, and now you're able to run half, like that's huge. That's a that's big huge. deal. That's a big yes. deal, and and it's all celebrated. Like I, I always try to celebrate those wins. So anytime someone's struggling, I always say, start small. But it's always big, you know. It's a big step, even if you think it's small. And yeah. um, encourage yourself that you can do it. And it's all up here. It's all up That's here. true. That's true. Okay. Um, so we're winding down. Uh, three questions left. Do you consider yourself to be a strong person? I do. I consider myself to be a strong person, but I have my weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're human. I think I, I'm what you would consider the strong friend. Um, I'm always checking on people. I'm always the one that's holding people down. I'm always giving the advice. I'm always the one people will call with all of their life's problems. <laughs> Um, and I'm, I'm happy to help and I'm happy to be that strong person for other people. But um, we are human. I am human and I have my faults and I have my weaknesses and I have my moments where I just don't want to be strong at all. Yes. Um, and I want to just crawl in a ball and disappear. <laughs> Um, and so for that, I think that's normal and that's okay. And that's necessary to mm-hmm. sit, rest and recharge and not, and you don't have to be the strong person all the time. You can, um, let other people be that strength for you, especially God be that strength for you. Amen. And, um, and allow for him to show how awesome and mighty he is. And he's never failing. He's never ending. He is always going to uphold you when you are weak. And um, that's been my greatest, um, you know, testimony through this whole grief journey is understanding how God is my strength when I am weak. Amen. Amen. Love that. Oh, wow. Okay. You've given me the chills. Okay. Um, (laughs) What's your message to your younger self? Oh, my message to my younger little Christina self. Um, (laughs) I would say enjoy the now. Enjoy the now. Um, I think when when we're younger and we're so ambitious and we have all these dreams, goals, plans, ideas, and we want to take over the world, I think that's wonderful and great. But sometimes you miss out on the present. You miss out yeah. on the fun things you could do with your friends. You miss out on the cool th- uh, activities you could join or the clubs in college that you could, you know, be a part of. Um, you know, like I, I, I wish I could have enjoyed some of those moments a little bit more instead of always being so concerned about the future. Yeah. And, um, but just enjoy the now. And everything else will be there and God is going to take control anyway. So enjoy the now. I think if I were to give that advice, I'd probably say be kind to yourself. Mm. I think we are way too, well, if you're like me, you're way too critical of yourself. Oh, yeah. Um, 
and you tend to punish yourself the hardest to be hardest to yourself and some of these things that you're punishing yourself from uh, for or about they just don't matter like in 5 weeks let alone 5 years they just won't even matter so be kinder to yourself i i think that's something i would tell anybody out there who's listening and what's your message i love this question to your children oh. your future children oh ah uh. Wow. Um that's a question I actually have not thought about, but I do think that the message I would give them would be um that you are loved no matter what. Oh. No matter the good, the bad, the ugly, the in between, you are loved. You are loved. And that that's love from our heavenly father and that's love from mama and daddy but uh that you are loved i think a lot of children don't hear that enoughly enough yeah so i i just want to continue to tell them that they are loved no matter what no matter what wow i could not have ended it on a more appropriate note because usually i would sign off my podcast by saying um that you should remember now and remember always that you are loved and you are enough so my message to you christina you warm my heart so much i love uh where god is taking us i'm excited about where god is taking us i love where he's brought us to and i'm excited about where he's taking us and i want you to remember now and always that from my heart to yours you are loved and you are enough Thank and you. to say thank that. you <laughs> <laughs> and to say thank you for being my first guest on season 3 thank you for being so open thank you for you know gosh you took us to a place you took us to a place where we were about to ball like we like barely held on but you were so open and and i pray that our conversation and our tears and our wounds and our healing and our laughter and our hopes dreams and aspirations i pray that they have they have touched somebody whenever whenever this airs which will probably be next sunday um i pray that it will touch somebody uh, who needs to hear it and i pray also that if there's anybody who needs to reach out that they can feel confident to reach out that this is a safe space So I will ask you to let us know how can we find you? Where can you be found on social media? Yes, of course. Um uh my Instagram is at Christina D Ford and um I can be found there and also on Facebook. So I'm happy to encourage and um answer any questions about the grieving process or anything else um as well. Okay. Okay, I'm going to end this on a on a note. There's a a scripture that I love and it's Psalms chapter 90. I pray that I'm not um misquoting scripture. Psalms chapter 90 verse 17 and says that may the Lord bless and establish the work of your hands. So everything that you are touching, everything that you and not just your work as in your professional work, your career, I pray that you increase in always that may grace abound to you in always and always. So always and in always may grace abound to you as you reach out to people 
may the people who are called to you as uh, to your destiny to your assignment to your purpose may they locate you and vice versa and as you grow you are like i said earlier you're such a ray of sunshine may you just continue to just to bless us with the presence that is you know the sunshine the ray of sunshine that is christina i love you from my heart and thank you again say goodbye to the people <laughs> bye 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 this and i will thank you go ahead go ahead such a rich time so thank you it is what 11:30 your time if i'm not mistaken i don't even know what time it is cuz i know it must be coming on 7 yeah it's 7:49 so it's probably coming to midnight your time so oh. i'm going to let you go <laughs> i'm going to let you go i'll reach out during the week just to check on you and uh and let's keep talking and let's keep doing this i suspect that they will ask you to come back and speak about a few other things um and we will get you back here but thank you thank you thank you for being so kind for being so gracious for being so beautiful in everything that you have uh said and done um and just yeah and just touching my heart and the hearts of so many others oh thank you bev same as you thank you so much love you and we'll talk later i'm going to end the broadcast now ciao ciao love you <laughs> bye bye